longing for answers as to what lies beyond. Wondering where that icy cold touch came from. Or perhaps why the shadows seem to always be following you around the darkness. It's time for answers. It's time for Dark Matters with Appalachian Paranormal. To Dark Matters with Appalachian Paranormal. And um, we have a very special guest, someone that we consider one of our true, uh, I guess you'd almost call it, someone we've really looked up to in the field, Chris Fleming. And uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, the pleasure's ours, man. So, uh, you know, if you want to take just a moment, well, I I guess we could actually do that, just to kind of tell the listeners about Chris. Um, For those of you that don't know, and I'm sure most of you listening do, uh, Chris Fleming, an expert in the paranormal field. He's he's been involved in a lot of television shows that you've maybe saw on TV. He was actually um, involved in Paranormal Challenge, which was, uh, was, he was actually... The judge on the episode that we were on, and that's kind of when we got to know Chris a little bit. And uh, since then, we've just really wanted to get a chance to talk to you again. So we're really glad to finally get that chance. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matt, you want to? Yeah, it was up? fun. It was fun doing that show. Yeah, we 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 had a blast with it, and uh, it's it really one of the highlights of our paranormal career so far, I would say. Uh, so Chris, this is. Matt here, uh, I'll fire away with a question at you, and just, it's just basically what have you been up to here in the in the recent, in the last month or so? I know October is kind of paranormal season, uh, uh, I'm sure you've been staying busy, what, what have you been into, man? Well, you know, like, um, the fall is busy because of Halloween, and I travel a lot in the fall, speaking at colleges and universities, I've been doing that since 2006, uh, specifically with the universities. Uh, my agency, uh, GP Entertainment, will uh, book all the colleges and the universities, and then I'll fly out. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been good traveling. That I love to travel. Um, sometimes it's tough being in a different city every single day. You know, you're, you're yeah. flying into a different city. You're getting on two connecting flights, jumping in a car, and then driving to the college. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, this this year was actually it was stress free. Um, compared to the other years, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> One simple thing <laughs> is I, I applied for that TSA pre-certification thing, and uh, so I got a TSA pre, it's called, which I go through a different line. <laughs> so every, every airport, I go through the TSA pre-line. I don't have to take off my shoes. I don't have to take off the belt. I don't have to take my laptop out. And... Uh, you know, they put everything through the scanner, and I just walk right through, you know? And the nice thing is they don't go through all my equipment, because um, all those years traveling with with the ghost hunting equipment, it always goes off, and they always open up the bag and have to go swipe everything. Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you, was when you travel, do you have trouble with your equipment? So. Oh, my God. I, I tell you what, the funny thing is when the, uh, the REM pod first came out, you know, you got this oval-shaped object with an antenna, got lights on it, and it takes a 9-volt battery, and they're, they're hand-molded and poured, right? Right. Well, the first time I went through TSA with that, of course, what I've learned is they told me specifically, when you travel with that, if it's not checked, do not leave the 9-volt battery in there. And uh, here's why, is they run it through, and they go, wait, we have to run it through again, and we got to check stuff, and then all of a sudden they take stuff out. 
They take out the REM pod, they look at it. Next thing you know, he calls over all these other security guards, <laughs> the TSA personnel. Next thing you know, there's four TSA personnel standing around it. They're all looking at me. And I said, uh, it's a REM pod. All you got to do is you just press this button here. And they're like, no. And they shove me back. And I'm ready to get decked. And they're all looking at me. And everybody looks off. And I go, what? What? And he goes, not come near. So they go and they test it and it says, don't even talk. I said, all right. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? I said, oh, this is going to be great. This makes the news. Ghost Hunter gets arrested for having a REM pod. Um, hey, there's no and, such uh, thing as bad publicity. I'm going, you know what? That wouldn't be bad press. Right. I'm sitting there going, I could deal with that, but I might miss my flight. So I'm standing there. The guy runs it through and everything. He goes, what is this? And I said, uh, well, it's a ghost hunting device. It, it affects anything that affects electromagnetic field around it, you know, within like one foot, it'll go off. He goes, well, you know why we acted the way we did? And I said, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm being sarcastic. And I love to be sarcastic with them because I'm sorry. You know what? You're holding me up. This is something because of what happened on 9-11, which in some cases it's ridiculous that we're going through all this. When you look at all the reasons why, it's, it is ridiculous. But... The fact of the matter is, is that it's embarrassing too. So if it's embarrassing because everybody now is staring at me, I'm going to make a joke of it. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a joke of it because that's why I handle things. Right. It's embarrassing for me. I'm going to turn into something funny. So anyway, the guy goes, well, you know, we have to watch for objects like this that have 9-volt batteries in them. I go, why? He goes, because terrorists can create and hand pour these devices and hook them up to bombs with a 9-volt battery. And I go, get out of here. I go, no. He's like, no. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. So I ended up telling Gary, you know, Galka, right. yes, about that. I said, you know, so you might want to tell people how <laughs> to travel with the, with the battery in there, you know. So actually, usually when I ship them, too, I take the 9-volt battery out. But um, that was probably the, the craziest TSA story I had, except, you know, I have tons of them. Uh, and, I, and I usually tweet about it, you know, and I know we're, we're going to talk about other things here, but this is people need to know this. What happens to ghost hunters when they bring all their equipment with them on the plane? Right. And uh, I had my radio go off once. The spirit box went off, and everybody was looking at me. <laughs> they thought I was thought I was communicating with somebody else, ready to do something in my backpack. So that was kind of embarrassing. Um, as they ripped it out of my hands and opened it up, and I go, "It's a spirit box." We're like, what is that? I go, "Well." They communicates with the dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course, they came and goes, wait a minute, you're one of those ghost hunters. I get, luckily, the guy recognized me from, I guess it was the Animal Planet episode of The Haunted. Right. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've seen you. And another embarrassing time was, uh, it's funny, we're going to talk about TSA things. What the heck? No, I'm enjoying it. Story, <laughs> story, is I, I was at uh, Colorado. I think it was Colorado, if I remember correctly. Uh, I can't remember what airport it was. I go to so many different ones. But I was really tired, and I was actually pissed off because I got some email about something that really teed me off. So I, I wear everything on my sleeve, and I wear everything on my face. <laughs> you know, you can't, I can't, if I'm upset, I'm angry about something, you know, I, I can't lie. You can't, I can't hide it. It, it shows. Right. You know? And here I am. I got a hat on, and I had to take my hat off going through security, so I got bad head. <laughs> <laughs> Really bad bedhead. I have the worst bedhead in the morning. I mean, I look like I'm a bum. Just came off the streets. <laughs> and uh, so I've, I'm like, oh, my God, I had to take my hat off going through the security. I go, come on. You know, so I was upset about that, upset about a few things. 
And I noticed a couple people were looking at me, and I'm like, oh, great. Now people are staring at me. Now they're going to put the bag through again and everything. And they go through the bag, and they start going through stuff. And the one woman's looking at me, looking at me, I'm like, what? And I want to say to her, why are you looking at me? You know? I go, what did I do? And all of a sudden, she comes up, and another girl goes, you know what? She didn't want to ask, but were you on Psychic Kids? And I'm like, yeah. And she turns around, she goes, yeah, it was on Psychic. She's like, I knew it. And then all of KSA starts looking at me, and I start smiling. She goes, I knew it. I love that show. You were great. And I was sitting there going... Okay, I feel like the biggest asshole right now. <laughs> I'm giving everybody dirty looks. I'm being a bitch because of my the hat in my hair and everything, and I'm sure they're looking like, wow, this guy's an asshole. Like, oh, but you don't understand. I got no sleep, and I got, you know, you told me to take my hat off, and I'm embarrassed because I got that hat, and I'm like, and they're just trying to be nice because they saw me on Psychic Kids, so yeah, I felt like a jerk. <laughs> so it sounds to me like half of TSA has Chris Fleming on the terrorist watch list, and the other half watches Chris Fleming on television. Well, you know what's funny is when they, they sometimes I used to do for a while is I would go, no, I want a uh, pat down. You know, I forget what they call it because I, I just did not want to keep going through those X-rays and all the years I played football and all the times I've had X-rays, I'm like, you know, I don't want to get cancer. And then uh, I don't know about these particle things, you know, because who knows, they could be messing with the particles in our body, you know, right. the particles in our body all combined together to create our physical form through frequencies and vibrations. So who knows realistically what these things are doing to us, if they're, they're tearing us apart or affecting our health. But um, I usually go for the pat down, you know. And sometimes I'm like, okay, put your arms out, do this, and you know, one time I got I got touched pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> kind of matched me with his knuckles, and I was just like, whoa. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I go. Some people have to pay for that. <laughs> and I was just sitting there going, can you do that again? <laughs> and the guy looks at me, and I go, come on, I gotta make jokes. I mean, think about it realistically. I go. I'm a ghost hunter, and I would never do anything to hurt anybody. And I got my arms stretched out, and you are rubbing me down. <laughs> and I go, when you think about that, in front of a lot of people, how ridiculous is it? The guy starts kind of laughing. He's like, I'm just doing my job, sir. I'm just doing my job. And I go, well, actually, you're doing a really good job. I don't have to tip you right now, do I? And another KSI guy was listening. He starts laughing. And he goes, oh, man. I said, come on, guys. I got to make fun of this. You guys go through this all the time. He's like, no, 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 man. Actually, we're, you know, you're being a good sport. <laughs> but, I mean, I got stories upon stories. Of, you know, the funny one was... Uh, I went through, I think it was Oklahoma, right. and um, it was and it's this tiny little airport. I mean, it's so small, it's unbelievable. And I'm going to get on my plane, I thought I'm going to be late, but I got 20 minutes, and it's like no big deal. There's no one in line for TSA, and they've got like five or six people. Nobody. So I'm like, oh, here we go. So I take my bag, I put it on there, and I forgot to show them, the t and they didn't have a TSA line because it's just a small airport, so I didn't even tell them, hey, I'm TSA pre-certified. Well, anyway, they go through my back, sir, we're going to have to go through your back, and you step over here. Can you stretch your arms out and do this? And I'm like, take your hat off. They're, they're going through everything. And, of course, I got a TSA guy that's just starting to go through training, so his commander or whatever they call it is standing by. I'm like, nope, you got to do this. you got to do that. Check under the belt. Check there. Check there. So I'm getting the full pat down. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm getting the full service. Are you guys going to replace my uh, windshield wiper blades, too? <laughs> and as they're doing this, I want to tell them, I go, you know, guys, I'm TSA pre-certified. I go, this is a little, this wasn't extreme. I mean, they were going through everything. But I think the reason why he was doing it was because he was training this guy at the same time. 
So I was really glad that I could accommodate them. Um, but it was just so funny. It's tiny. It's like sometimes these tiny airports, man, they go all out. And they go through Chicago. And it's just like, oh, go on through. Go on through. Just go ahead. Go on through. Really? You want to look at my back? Nope, just go on through. You know, but these little airports, it's like, man, they're ready to deck you and, and throw you down and just make sure, you know, even check you through your socks. It's just crazy. Right. But, uh, the cool thing is they got the dog walking around now. I mean, you know, thank God I'm not a drug dealer. I'd be busted. But they got these, uh, d- you know, they got the dogs now. At right. The airports, they walk by and, you know, you're not allowed to pet them. I just want to let people know, do not pet them. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do that and the guy pulled the chain. Went, no, do not. T- I just wanted to pet the dog, man. Dog's telling me telepathically here. I just want to be pet. You know, I'm tired of just going back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> sniffing all the time. I just want to be pet. So I was trying to tell the guy, you know, hey, you know, I just, sorry, I just wanted to pet him. So people, when you see the dog at the airport, do not go over there to pet them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some of the PSAs do not like that. So anyway, that's some of my PSA stories. I, I think I could sit and listen to those all night, to be honest with you. They're pretty entertaining. Uh, I, I guess um, we will ask you, though. I mean, one of the main things I think we wanted to ask, and I think we all talked about this, was um, just how did you get your start in the paranormal field, and, um, you know, I mean, what was the uh, thing that really just pulled you into wanting to actually investigate this deeper? Well, I didn't think when I got older I would be doing this, I and mean, I thought I'd be married, have kids, and have just a wonderful life. Um, I honestly didn't think that this would continue. I mean, you know, growing up in a haunted house, seeing ghosts face-to-face, demons appearing, having some angelic experiences and then uh, dreams that would come true and just I can go on and on. Right. You know, going through first grade and through grade school was difficult because here I was, like someone said to me once, because where were you ever skeptical at any point? I go, skeptical of what? I mean, when you're four or five years old and you're, you got a ghost face to face with it, you never knew what a ghost was before, there was no room to be skeptical. It was right. like, what is this? It's a ghost. Okay, what is a ghost? Well, a ghost is the dead. I'm seeing them all the time, so they exist. It's just normal, you know? Well, there was no time to be skeptical. Right. Um, so I grew up in that, but it was difficult going to school, telling other students and teachers, and then being pulled out in the hallway at a Catholic school and told that I was to stop lying to all the other students in, in first grade. And I'm crying, going, what do you mean lying? You know, here I am trying to be honest, and uh, I guess it was a good lesson for me as I got older with kids that parents need to pay attention to their kids. They need to listen. You know, if you're telling them they're lying and they're making this up when this is really happening, then what you're teaching them is like, well, you know, if I tell the truth, I get scolded. Right. But then maybe I should just lie about other things because then I don't get scolded because then they'll never know. So it was, uh, it, it was tough, you know, but my family was always adamant about telling the truth, yeah. you know, and they were pretty good at just... Uh, I would lie about something. I remember once I, I taken some cookies out of a cupboard, and my mom knew because I guess uh, I did something that she knew. And uh, she told me she was, you know, don't ever lie. You know, she said, I know you did it, and this and that. And so I never lied. It was, it was always something where you just come out. But it was weird telling the truth and getting told that you're lying. That that to me was very difficult growing up as a kid. So I just continued to, to do it anyway, regardless. I would tell the truth and just say, yeah, I saw these ghosts. You know, seeing this, and then when kids slept over and they started seeing the ghosts too, that was kind of a relief. Yeah. Because instead of being attacked by the other kids saying, oh, you're making this up, this and that, and, you know, there's no such a ghost. When other kids slept over, 
you know, third grade and then going into sixth and seventh grade. And they were saying, no, no, there's ghosts here. We saw them too. Everybody was like, oh, okay, you know, wow. You know, then I stopped getting teased or attacked about it. Not that I couldn't defend myself. I was always one to defend myself. That wasn't the problem. Right. But it was just, uh, you know, getting teased and under the cheek or behind your back. You know, kids would make statements. And they did that in high school, too. And that's when I used to get in trouble for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's how it was, you know, growing up. But I never thought, you know, I thought I'd be an artist, which I was. I was for years. I was a graphic designer. And then... Um, you know, I thought I'd do some other things, which I did, but I never thought I would be doing what I've done in the last, you know, 14 years. Right. I never expected that. Well, um, I, what, what, I guess my question would be, what was your first real, what you would consider experience as an actual investigation? I mean, I know you, you've, I, I, we oh, actually... That was when I was in my childhood. Oh, okay. Yeah, my childhood, because when these ghost things were happening, my friends would sleep over, and we would go into the basement and go to areas of the house where I saw the ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, we take a flashlight or whatever. We do the Ouija board, and we would we talk to them. You know, on the Ouija board, and they would say, "Oh, we're in this room, or we're in the basement. Go down in the basement, in the corner." And we go down there. You know, we would feel something. We'd feel someone staring at us, or someone that was present. And then we take off running, going back upstairs. So when we did the Ouija board, it would they would tell us where they were in the house, like, "Oh, we're right above you," or "We're in the kitchen," or "We're in the basement," and we would go down there to investigate. So I was doing that. My God, I was doing that in third grade, fourth grade, which would have been 19. Oh my God, I can't even think right now. How old are you when you're in third, fourth grade? (laughs) Uh, I I can't even do the math here. Math was not my specialty. I was um, good at geometry, but not math. Me either, brother. Me either. Uh, I tried to think too. I think think we're going to say like... 1970s. Yeah, 1970s. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I mean... You were really just, I mean, honestly, kind of born into this, it sounds like. And I mean, it's a thing that's just been natural for you. I was you. conditioned. When people tell me, I said, yeah, I was conditioned. The ghost in my house conditioned me. And I didn't even know what ghost hunting was, really. Right. Except I did see, 1976, my mom let me stay up late uh, to watch The Amazing World of Psychic Phenomenon, which I think it was Orson Welles or Raymond Burr, whoever it was. It was Raymond Burr. Mm-hmm. Uh, narrated the special on ghosts and psychic abilities. And uh, I wanted to see the people that were capturing recordings on reel-to-reel tapes of voices. I said, oh, my God, Mom, we got to do that so we can capture the ghosts in my house so I can play for everybody, and they'll the, believe me, you know, that there's ghosts in the house, which I did end up doing. I got voices. I still have some of those recordings, actually. Not yeah. the ones on reel-to-reel because we sold that at a garage sale, and I didn't know back then how to transfer it. I was uh, too young. But I do have the cassette recordings of me back from uh, 1978 uh, and 1980 of, of me talking about the spirits and doing some Ouija board sessions. I've got those on recording. Wow. So I still got those, thank God. And some of the EVPs I got from 1978, I've got those. So that's cool, but I do wish I had the original, the first one I ever got, the real to real. That that basically started for me in when it became ITC yeah. EVPs. That's when it started, which was 1976, 77. So, you know, seeing the ghosts and everything and, and having these encounters, it was just... That's it, you know, and talking in the Ouija board, they told me why they existed and what ghosts were, and they told me stuff that was just insane about the universe and everything else in the spirit world. So at such a young age, I was learning so much. Um, some of them told the truth, some of them lied. You know, some of them said I'd be married at 25, <laughs> you know, and uh, that never happened, but uh, they were right about uh, the moon Europa basically having life on it from what our scientists now believe, right. and uh, some of the other things they told me were true, too. 
So they said I would get in a car accident, which I did five years ago. They told me that a long time ago. And um, wow. they said that would change things, and it did. So it, it's it's crazy. Um, one more one more question about your early, you know, um, birth into this. Though I would ask. I mean, it's, um, you know, I know that you are um, you're you're a medium. When did you uh, was did that ability manifest about the same time as the time that you were seeing the ghost, or is that something that you picked up on later? That was actually happening before um, because I was having dreams that would come true, mm-hmm. and my mom would tell me about you know I would I'd wake up from nightmares like the one that we remember the most dramatic was of course was my sister drowning having the dream that my sister drowned and I woke up crying because I loved I still love my sister I adore my sister yeah um, she's like. I don't know, she's like a part of me. And, and I remember waking up just devastated because, uh, you know, my parents always taught me that to take care of my sister, protect my sister. So in the dream, I jumped in to try to save her, and I, I drowned too. Mm. But uh, I woke up, my mom came in the room and says, oh, my God, you know, she went and checked on my sister. My sister was okay. Mm. My mom had ESP. She had precognition, so she used to have dreams that came true all the time, so she knew to pay attention to this. Right. She knew because I was so emotionally upset that there was something to this. So, thank God my mom knew the correct thing to do, and the correct thing to do was she instructed me, and she rehearsed it with me step by step, what to do in a situation like this if my sister was drowning. She basically told me, if that ever happens, you run and get help. The first thing you do is run and get help. Don't try to save her. Don't try to jump in. Don't try. You're too young. I mean, I was only four years old. Yeah. She says, you run and get help. And uh, lo and behold, six months later, my sister fell into a pool. She was only about a year and a half, two years old. And uh, the pool was closed, but some kids were playing a game, and, uh, you know, the one girl was holding my sister, and she slipped out of her hand and fell in. And uh, I raced and got help, and thank God my parents got there with the other people that were at her house. We were having a party just in time to pull her out of the, uh, the apartment complex pool just as she was going under. Uh, the only reason why she didn't drown was she had a snowsuit on and she was floating. But uh, eventually the snowsuit filled up with water. And just as my mom and the other parents raced in there, she went under. So they were able to pull her out with only seconds to spare of her uh, drowning. So the timing couldn't have been any better. And we firmly believe, my mom and I still talk about this, that if my mom had not told me what to do, if I had not had that dream, I would have grown up without a sister. And uh, I don't know how I would have been able to, to, to deal with that guilt or deal with witnessing that as a child. i got to tell you, Chris, that story just gave chills to everybody in the room. <laughs> I've got goosebumps right now. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. That's, it's a good thing that you did. So that's that's how it, you know, my mom told me to pay attention to my dreams, and I had a lot of dreams that came true, and I had a lot of dreams that didn't. But then I had intuition and premonitions, whether it's, I mean, I remember a party in high school. I'm sitting there talking to some friends, and all of a sudden, two of my friends leave, are leaving, saying goodbye, and all of a sudden I see them in a car accident. And I grab them, and I said, Shelly, I said, Shelly, don't drive home. I see you getting in a car accident. I'm serious, listen to me. She said, oh, no, 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 we all been drinking. It was a high school party, drinking beer. And uh, she goes, no, 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 Ven's going to drive. And I said, Ven, Ven, uh, Ven, you make sure that you drive. And he says, uh, definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll drive. And he did. He drove to the 7-Eleven. Uh, they went and got a packet of cigarettes, came back. She says, I'm okay to drive. He's like, okay. So she drove and a couple blocks away, got in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Monday came to school. They weren't in school until, I think, Thursday. And they had bruises on them and everything. They were at home recuperating from the car accident. And I said, I told you guys not to let Shelly drive. And 
like we know. So, you know, stuff like that that happened all the time, even stuff for myself, I didn't yeah. pay attention. Sometimes I listened and it saved me, and sometimes I didn't, and I blew out my knee or other things happened. So, That's got to feel like a real responsibility, I think. Yeah, you make mistakes too, you know, even though you, you hear it, you go against it, say, no, 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 I'll change it, you know, I'll, I'll be able to outdo it, because now I know what to expect. And in some instances, yeah, it works, and in some it doesn't. You can't change what's inevitable sometimes. Okay, Chris, this is Jack, and uh, one of the questions I was really wanting to ask you tonight, um, there are times we go to certain locations and it seems like it takes forever to get any interaction going. Do you ever experience times where you just feel like it's really hard to get any kind of communication started? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, that can happen. You know, you go to a place, wow, nothing's happening, nothing on the spirit box, no EVPs. Um, rarely does that happen because I've been doing more prayers for the dead, so spirits tend to flock there. Um whether it's in anticipation that I'm going to do that at the end of the investigation or if they are just curious, I don't know. But uh, there have been a few times where there's no activity, but then activity occurs later on. But in most cases, activity usually occurs right away. So I haven't seen that as much as I used to in the past. Right. Uh, I was watching some of your videos earlier today uh, on your YouTube channel, and there was uh, one video I watched where, um, if you'll remember, you saw... You thought it was like uh, about the size of maybe your cat, and you showed your cats were asleep on the couch and up on the uh, up on the banister area. Or um, I've also experienced that in my home. Um, you talking about the black mass that shoots around the house? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that frequently, and I've had people come over uh, as recently as last year. Uh, a girl's never seen a ghost in her life. She came over, and we had gotten some Taco Bell, actually which I don't normally eat, but she wanted to when we were eating it. And she saw the thing five times, and she was freaked out. So I got out the digital recorder, and uh, it cursed at her. Wow. Uh, I got the F word. Wow. I said the F word, and then it screamed. And she was so freaked out, she couldn't stop thinking about it. And uh, she had never seen anything like this before. I've had a bunch of people, um, two other people, that uh, friend of mine, Dave, uh, also he served in the Iraq War. He came here, and he witnessed it twice within a span of two minutes, um, and he went after it. So I've had other people that have seen this thing as well. My cats have recognized it. Um, but I'll tell you the one craziest thing that occurred, and I was just thinking about this last week, because, you know, so many things happen that it gets to a point that I just let it slide because it's been going on my whole life. I've got other things to do. Um, but this one thing, I started looking it up, and I, and I still couldn't figure out exactly why this happened. I remember talking to Adam Bly about it. This is crazy, okay? Well, I'm in my bathroom, okay? I'm doing number two. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the door open, and the cats are laying there, and I'm reading, which I normally do when I'm on the phone. And as most guys do, come on, that's what we do, all right? So here's the crazy thing is this is the same area where the black mass was seen on the camera. Um, in the same area where my cat was pushed into the toilet when she was a kitten. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this thing comes out of the wall to my left. And the other side of that wall is the garage, okay? And this thing comes out of the wall, literally out of the wall. It's three-dimensional. It's solid. And it comes right out, hovers for like about a second and a half right in front of me while I'm reading. 
and I shoot back like, what the, you know, because it's the last thing you would expect. Yeah. This demon is, uh, is like a scarab, like a flying beetle, okay? Right. And it's, it's probably the size of your fist, all right? Just a little bit smaller than your fist, almost the size of your fist, and it's golden, and, but it's got a black, it's got a black body, but it's got like these golden wings, okay? Whoa. And a golden head. And this thing slapping, and then it takes off through the doorway. My cat looks up at it, and it's gone. Now, my mind, number one, is saying, there's no way a bug, I've never seen a bug that big, or anything like that. Yeah. But how could this thing go through the wall? Okay, then I'm thinking, okay, it's a ghost, but it's not a ghost, it was this, it was this beetle. So was the ghost, or this entity, did it realize, oh, crap, you know, not literally, sorry, it's just a pun. <laughs> but, <laughs> did it consciously go, all right, I'm going to say the S word now, you know, oh, no, he's, he's in the room, you know, because it's used to traveling through that doorway. It's created a doorway through that wall somehow, right. some way. It's just a normal passageway that it takes. But, oh, no, he's right there. So it quickly turned into something else. So I would think, oh, it's just a bug flying by, not a ghost or some other entity, because sometimes they will manifest into something to trick us, to make yeah. us think, oh, it's just something, something. Is that possible? Maybe. It's an option. It's a scenario. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, why the hell would I see a scarab? I'm not involved into anything Egyptian. I don't have anything Egyptian in my house. I'm not into anything like that. So I don't know. I didn't recently see a mummy movie or anything. There was no reason for that. But after that, I started doing a little bit of research. I don't even remember what the heck I found because this happened like what two, three years ago. But that's crazy. That was like one of the craziest things. But it, I, I think it had something to do with the black mass that it was attached to that somehow. Yeah. Um, the one thing is these black masses, which I have seen, it goes back to my childhood when I saw the faces coming through the wall. I was reading the comic book and the faces came through the wall and then they they disappeared and then out of the, out of the closet came this black mass, kind of like a tornado. And this tornado came after me, which I went into the other room, and uh, the sitter we had at the time watching us, she turned around, saw this, started doing the Our Father and the Hail Mary, and she quit the next day saying we have the devil in our house. Oh, wow. That I believe that these little, these imps that I've talked about, these little demonic creatures, they're, I call them imps, and some people say, oh, they're not called the imps, they're demons. Of course, yes, they're demons, dumbass. They're <laughs> demons, but they are the lowest part of the chain. Right. Okay, there's a hierarchy with demons, just like there is with angels. Okay, you can't just say, yeah, they're all demons, but let's break what they are. It's like kind of saying mammals are mammals. Well, what kind of mammals? Well, let's break down the different species of mammals. Okay, that's what it is. Is They're at the bottom of the hierarchy, and they've gotten the nickname imps, not by me, but centuries ago, because they're so small. Mm -hmm. All right, they're tiny. Right. And these tiny little creatures, you know, they will infest the house, kind of like bugs and insects do. And infesting the house... They will cause oppression, they will cause problems, they'll knock on the wall, they'll wake you up in the morning, they'll, they'll turn lights off or on, open up doors, they'll freak out your pets, they do all those things, which they've been doing to me for years. They can somehow, uh, when they're not showing themselves as full entities, they can demanifest into these quick black blobs of mass and take off and travel real quickly and go through walls and whatever, but then that black mass can then manifest completely into its true form such as this, this tiny little demonic creature. What they also can do is they can travel in a, a pack or a small herd where all of them join together and they turn into this big black mass. 
you know, they combine like a jigsaw puzzle, and the next thing you know, it's a big black mess. So I'm wondering if, as it came out of a wall, decided to turn into this beat. I don't know. You know, there's still some things that are unknown to me. Right. But uh, anyway, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but uh, it reminded me of that experience. Yeah, it's kind of wild, because when I was witnessing the same thing in my own home, um, it got to a point where I was seeing him, and every time I would see him, I, I knew that my wife and I were getting ready to have one of the worst fights ever, and it never failed. Every time I would see these things, I'd be sitting on the couch, and I would see him, like, running up the walls and along the bottom edges of the walls and, and just different things, and it never did fail. Every time they would appear, we would have one of the worst fights you'd ever see. And, uh, you know, it is, let me support what you just said. Yes, they cause major fights. They cause you to get angry at the littlest things, irritated. That is their goal, to cause destruction, dismay, relationship problems. Hmm. And I remember my parents, wow, these things really started occurring when I was in fourth and fifth grade. You know, my parents started going through problems and my parents got divorced. Yep. You know, I think these things, they scream and yell so bad. I'm like, wow. And then as I went through some relationships and these things started appearing, screaming matches I got in, it, we're insane. And I'll give you a, a, a recent occurrence. This past New Year's, the girls, there was a girl I was dating off and on, and she called me up. She goes, hey, you know, I got no plans. What are you doing? I said, I'm just going to stay in, you know. And uh, she says, all right, do you want me to come over? I said, yeah, come on over. So we, we uh, made something to eat. Everything had some wine. And she goes, hey, I want to talk about something that happened last summer when I was here. You know, I go, oh, you mean when I woke up and you were on the middle of the floor and you were saying something was controlling you? You know, she was like semi-possessed. And uh, I said, I don't want to talk about that. She goes, well, I got some questions. I said, no, don't talk about it because I knew these things were still in the house. And when you talk about it and when you bring it up, more things happen and it attracts and plus it gives them power. Like, ah, we caused this problem. You know, they pat themselves on the back. Right. And she kept bringing it up, and I'm like, okay, fine. And stupid me went and played a recording I had of their voices. I go, I got their voices on recording, and I played it for her. Just after that, she starts freaking out a little more. Then we start getting in arguments. The next thing you know, we're screaming and yelling at each other. Mm. Yeah. Like, as if our boiling points hit this level, and there was no reason for it. And then I'm just like, you know what? Get out of my house. Get out of my house. And she's like, fine, I'm going to get out of your house. I don't even know why, but then I'm getting out. Then she comes, she kind of goes in her car to leave and then comes back, like, get it gone. And all of a sudden it starts again. We start yelling at each other, and then she left. And I sat there on the couch completely numb. Mm. Like, I just got beat up. And I'm sitting there. Like, time stood still. And she texts me. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I said, it was them. It was them. She's like, I know. She goes, well, I can't come back. And I said, no, I understand that. And I said, wow, that ruined my whole night. And I was just like, this is what they do. And sometimes you can't control it. It's like they take over. What they do is they will find a negative emotion. And if you talk about that negative emotion or any part of you thinks or feels that negative emotion for just a short period of time, even for an instance, they will latch onto it. And what they will do is they will cause that negative emotion or feeling to grow quickly. And as soon as it grows, you start thinking about it more. 
and the more it grows, the more you think about it. And then all of a sudden, they have latched onto it and turned it into something that is so big, you have to focus on it, you have to confront it. And the problem is, if you don't confront it for what it is, it's them, it overcomes you. Exactly. Holy shit, did you just hear that? What was that? What was that? Um. Oh my god, my plant is completely off the table. I've got this bonsai plant, it is all over the floor. Wow. Are you got, I'm kidding me? I'm gonna take a picture me? of this right now, and I'm gonna post this on my Facebook. Holy shit. I'm sorry, I'm swearing, but you know what? No, don't be sorry. I'm going to take a picture of this. My bonsai plant is just got knocked off the... That's oh insane. God. And there's rice all over the place because I have it in rice. I'm taking a picture right now. You guys heard me on the phone. Uh, that, uh, wow. I mean, and I have to believe that was something that heard what you were talking about, Chris. Yep. Unbelievable. Damn it. This is a mess, dude. Mm. Uh, taking a bunch of pictures. I'm also taking a picture of where it's supposed to be. Oh my god. Wow. Uh, do you. I, I, I have to ask, do you need us to let you go for a moment? And uh, we could continue yeah, this in um, a few minutes? Uh, I will clean this up later. I am uh, going to post these pictures right now on my Facebook. I'm back in my office. Um, I'm going to shoot a video of this, too. Hang on. Okay. Sorry. Take your time. Okay. I might as well just shoot a video of this, actually. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, this is the bonsai plant. This is where it usually sits, and right now it is on the floor. I did not see this occur, but uh, I heard it which I raced in here, and this is where it's at. Right when we were talking about the, uh, the little demons, the imps, and that they don't like to be talked about. It's I mean, no, I just, it, I, it, I, I mean, I can believe it happened. Other things have happened before, but I just don't want to have to clean this up. <laughs> right, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the know, real tragedy. You see this, it's like, oh, my God, I got things to do, and I'm going to have to clean it up and vacuum. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I got hardwood floors, so I got to... Sweep it up and then just that. Oh, Jesus! What a mess. Well, um, for what it's worth, it came through very clear on the phone. We do have that, so it should it should we'll actually have that on the uh, podcast when it comes out that you'll be able to hear it. Unbelievable! But, and we can send you that I'm file if you need uh, us to. Post this right now on my Facebook. I mean, wow! Uh, I, I like I said. I mean, it's just it seems very. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't really believe in coincidence. I mean, I think that. What happened there? I mean, I think whatever you were talking about, something stirred up. <laughs> so, I mean, have, have you, you said you've experienced things like this before as far as like when you're talking about it, things happening? Oh, yeah. Uh, when the cleaning lady's here and we've talked about it, things like you hear a door slam or something crash, and we go looking through the house and there's nothing that's broken or nothing's closed. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm just, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of in shock at what happened. It was so clear. The sound came through so clear. Like, I was, I kind of jumped back, like, what just happened there? I, I can't, wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a picture of my cat. She's acting, she's looking 
kind of weird. She just came into the kitchen. She was looking around when I was on the phone with my mom. Mm-hmm. And the fact that something um, was going she's, on. She's usually affected by this. Like I was telling you, she, when she was a kitten, she was pushed. See, my other cat's now scared. I'm looking at him right now. Right. He's, I mean, she. Oh my gosh, she's terrified, dude. What? Oh, she just ran away from me. She's never done that. Wow. Come here. No, come here. What's wrong? I'm filming this right now. She looks very scared. What's wrong? Dude, I've got chills all around me. I'm filming my cat right now. Yeah. She is scared. What is it, Noelle? What is it? Terrified. You know, animals can sense those things, I believe. What is it? Okay, I'm filming her right now. She's uh, creeping really slowly into the family room where this happened. Right. I mean, literally, she's like almost on all fours, creeping, like when they go to hunt, you know, but right. scared. Like, right. What? What is it? They don't know where it is. taking it that's not normal behavior for her. No, no. Man. I mean, how do you explain that? She went near the actual plant yet? Oh, yeah, she's sniffing it right now. She's up at it slowly, cautiously walking around it. Let's see if I can post this, too. Because it was right up here. Uh, it, it's recording the audio, you guys. You know, we're talking right now on the show. Right. So... I don't know if this is anything there or not, but as you were talking just now, there was like a strange, um, like a, like an interference that came through. It almost sounded like a, like like a modulation. It, it was really weird. It looked like a 
pulse? Yeah, like a pulse. It was really strange. Maybe it's time to get a new one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've been meaning to get to it because I think it, you can revive them even after a year. I was reading something. You just have to replant them or something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I've neglected the poor thing. Um, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's 71 degrees in the house. I'm filming the temperature, but yet it is actually really cold. Mm. Man, I feel kind of bad that we got something stirred up there. <laughs> and then I got my other cat, like, he doesn't even care. <laughs> he's not that sensitive to any of this. Right. But he's used to it, too, some of the things. Now, see, Sweden's even still looking in there. Well, glad I had someone that uh, was able to witness this with me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was very, it was very evident something happened. It was very loud. Uh, someone says you should have gotten a shot of it actually being knocked off or falling or whatever oh my god I was in the other room yeah I was in the other room well you know I, I'm sure god. you I'm sure you, you deal know, with that stuff the show. someone just po- posted it on Facebook you should have gotten a shot of it actually being knocked off or falling well yeah you know what I would have loved that <laughs> but I was in the other room doing a radio show oh my god some people you know probably they don't know they don't get it. You know, it's not like the ghost to say, hey, I'm going to knock this off in a few minutes. Do you want to take a video of this? Catch it on film? No, then that loses the element of surprise of them trying to scare us or freak us out or show they're angry. Right. You know? Like when someone gets angry and they throw something across the room or they punch a wall or they say, hey, I'm going to punch a wall right now just so it's okay. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. They just do it because they're angry. Uh, well, do you, I, I, that's a that's a question I had for you actually. It's a perfect segue. Um, do you deal with? Because I, I, we deal with that uh, on the level that we're at, and at the level that you're at, how often do you have people that just try to dispute everything you say, everything you do? Because we deal with it, so I can imagine it's probably an issue for you I as well. I have had friends that have had things happen, right? And then weeks later, they try to rationalize it or forget it, mm-hmm. and I get angry. Because I had to deal with that so much growing up as a kid, as an adult. I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to deal with that. Right. You know? And I'll be like, well, maybe it was just my imagination or just knowing you. And, yeah, of course it's from knowing me. Because, <laughs> because they're always around me. <laughs> you know? But it's, but it's like, uh, but I've had sometimes when they try to rationalize it, then something else happens. And they're like, oh, my God. You know? But when I was doing Dead Famous... My co-host used to do that. You know, something would happen, and we'd talk about it for days. You know, we'd go out afterwards, eat dinner or, or drink, and we'd talk about it all night. I can't believe that happened to Gail, or this occurred. We witnessed this. And, you know, and then a day or two, she'd just rationalize it. Well, it's just maybe because I, was, I hadn't eaten all day, or maybe. I'm like, what? Because you hadn't eaten all day, you hear the voice. I go, come on. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> so what your stomach is now actually enunciating words. Come on now. Um, you know? It, did your stomach say, feed me? No, so it wasn't your stomach. But um, I'm being sarcastic, of course. But yeah, you know, JC, man, uh, this is, when this stuff 
when you talk about them, it happens. I, it just, I was just talking about them, what happens when you talk about them, and it happened. Right. That's amazing. pretty concrete. Did you guys go to the Facebook and look at it? Not yet. I have not had a chance to. Yeah. Oh, it's on there right now if you guys want okay, to I'm, yeah, I'm going to check that out right now, actually. While he's looking that up, Chris, a question that I had that kind of ties back into everything that's happening now is, uh, uh, well, first off, we, we recently ordered uh, one of the new SB11s that should be here tomorrow, but watching your experimentation video on it, which was from your home, and some of the stuff you were getting through that was just completely insane. And that, Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's kind of with what's going on right now, so that's very interesting. Just, um... Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just did a cleansing of the house, prayers for the dead, uh, a week ago. I guess that didn't work. Right. <laughs> I guess they're still here. Man. And we've actually got the video. We're, I, we've got it pulled up on my phone looking at it right now, and we can see. And, uh, yeah, it made quite the mess there. Mm-hmm. I actually see the comment from the guy asking about, about why you didn't get a shot, too. So that's <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just... Uh, Basically, you know, basically I was sitting here doing the radio show, just writing stuff down, and then the uh, cat was here, the other cat was here, then I uh, heard the crash, the cat jumped off, Noelle did, and ran out there and went and hid. I got up, walked over here, and that's where it was knocked off right there, so I'm going to add this. Yeah. You know, Sweden's looking underneath the chair. Noelle's okay now, but I'll show the video of, yeah, she's still going over there. I'm curious. The thing is, this animals, when their environment gets affected, oh my, man, even my voice now, I, I got this on video, even my voice, when I just kind of talked like that, she turned around skittish. She's now skittish now. That's what happened to my one cat, Sweden, is she started getting messed with. I came out of my office once, she was laying on the dining table and she was sleeping and as I looked at her I go oh she's sleeping she starts sliding across the table like something's pushing her but you can't see anything and her head pops up and looks behind her and she jumps off completely terrified because and then she hit underneath the chairs because something pushed her across the dining room table man so so these ghosts tend to mess with my cats especially Sweden the most and so she gets very skittish, but now uh, Noelle is starting to get skittish a little because of just what occurred. I'm sure. Noelle's going to now pounce on Sweden. So anyway, I just wanted to document this too, and I'll pull this up. I'll put all yeah. this together and put it up there. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, where were? We? Oh yeah, we were talking about the spirit box actually in the new uh, the SB11. Yeah, doing the instructional video. Yeah, I was getting EVPs before I even really started. And then uh, there's some responses. Some of them you can't hear them that clear, but they're there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the SB11 gets some great responses, but it tends, mine tends, the one I have at least, tends to be a little bit noisier Yeah. than what I hoped for. Right. I don't know, do you guys find it to be noisy? Or? Well, we haven't got, I think it's actually, it's uh, due to shit, we're supposed oh, to get it tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, but I love it, dude. Holding the thing, the features on it, oh, it's great. But I'm still using my SP7 just because I just love the SP7. Yeah, it's a it's a great tool. It's actually probably, I mean, I know especially I, I would say Matt and myself 
that's probably our favorite tool on investigations. That's what we go to most of the time because I love the real-time communication. So, I don't know, I, I, when you guys listen to this show, too, listen to here if you hear any EVPs or anything, because sometimes they show up. We voices. absolutely will. Oh, yeah. Okay, Chris. Uh, oh, anyway, I, what's the next question? Uh, I got a couple questions from our Twitter and our Facebook. Uh, I'll run by you real quick before we finish up. Uh, Brian Hickson wanted to know, what place, if any, scared the crap out of you? That's her word. <laughs> um... What place, if any, scared the crap out of me? Well, not anything I want to say publicly. Right. <laughs> no one will probably go back there. Well, I've stated this before. The one thing that really scared me, and I think it was induced by the energies that was there, was when I was at Eastern State Penitentiary, and we did an episode of Dead Famous, we were doing a Houdini episode. I don't even know if this actually made it on the show. I don't remember. But... The director says, here's a camera, here's a flashlight, walk all the way down there on your own, talk to the spirits, whatever you get, and come back. I said, okay. So I went down there, and I don't think he had told me yet that one of the guards years ago, when it was active, had gotten knocked down and or passed out, and then when he woke up, there was all these people staring at him, and he was completely terrified. Well, I think that was down the same hallway, corridor. So I go down there, and as I'm going, all of a sudden, my flashlight and the camera goes dead at the same time. So now I'm in, you know, there's no light source there except for the, the camera and the flashlight. I'm in complete blackness. So I turn around to see the source of light at the end of the hallway, which the light is, and there wasn't any. It was complete blackness. It was as if... I was surrounded by a black mass and could not even see my hand in front of me. Mm. And I put my hand, in front, I couldn't see nothing. So I, I then started getting a sense of delirium in a way where I didn't know what was up and what was down because I could not see any source in front of me. I didn't know what was left, what was right, where the wall was, where the, I didn't know where I was. Right. I started to panic and all of a sudden I felt this complete sense of motion of fear overcome me and I but I knew instinctively there was a wall when I walked in so I reached to my left to find the wall and I tripped and fell on all this brick and everything and I got up and I know I hurt my knee and I reached out and I felt the wall and I started patting the wall and I just followed the path of the wall and it was as if I came out of this black mass and then I can see a pinpoint of light in distance, and I just worked towards there. And I was in a panic. I was in an actual anxiety panic. And I got there, and I was like, and as soon as I got away from it, I was fine. I was relaxed. And I was like, well, you know, why did why did I get so terrified? It was as if this caused me to get terrified. And then the director goes, what happened? I said, oh, I said, oh, here, here, I'll get you more batteries, or I'll get you another flashlight. Here's another flashlight, and here's another camera because both well, the batteries are completely gone. And uh, he says, go back there and do that. I go, I'm not going back there. Are you kidding me? I go, you, you have the cameraman come with me and we'll go. I'm not going back there alone. There's no way. So I, I wouldn't do it. Right. Because of what happened. Because it obviously didn't want me there, and I didn't know if it was going to possess me and I'd be on there on my own or it was going to try to suffocate me. I didn't know. You know, I had no idea. I mean, it sounded like it was because happening. of that, we all decided that nobody went anywhere in that place alone. 
because Gail was going to go film on her own, and they said no. So they had a cameraman sit in a corner with her as she, as she said she was filming. She wasn't. She had a cameraman there just to protect her in case, because of what happened to me. But, uh, yeah, that, that scared me, man. I got to admit. Yeah, that sounds pretty intense, to say the least. Um, wow. Well, the next uh, question from Facebook that we picked up is uh, it's actually from Jessica Jones. And uh, her, she says, not really a question, but um, more, when can we see an investigation with Appalachian Paranormal and Chris Fleming together? And I think if she listens to this podcast, she kind of got one a moment ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> <Live>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think she actually got one. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Jessica, hopefully that'll happen someday. It's really shook them up. Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping she doesn't become skittish now because of that. I do too, man. Okay, guys. Anyway. Uh, Chris, we got another one here from Tim Vance, and I think it's a pretty good question. Um, he says, are spirits aware of and or have sensitivity to temperature, and what about an awareness of light and dark? I don't know. Um, since they don't have a physical body, how would they have the sensitivities of temperature changes? Because it's our body that can affect the temperature because we're warm-blooded. But they no longer have a body and they are conscious energy, so maybe they're immune to temperatures, whether it's hot or cold. I mean, if they can go through walls... You know, then why would it even matter? And those walls, remember, have electrical cores through them. Right. So they probably go right through electricity as well. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. That's a very good question, and that would be a very good question to probably ask. Yeah. And the thing is, is because they're conscious energy, and when we talk about light and dark, like I've asked, does this mean it's the same for all of them? I don't think so. But I've asked, can you see me as a physical being with the eyes, nose, and everything? And they said, no. Said so we can hear you, we can feel your thoughts, but all we see is colors. I said, you mean like auras? Or, and what they alluded to was kind of like how we see in a thermal camera. Right. We see our bodies on a thermal camera. Yeah. They see it like that, but they see our auras and our energies as an energy field. And based on our spiritual development, mm -hmm. our health, or whatever, they can see how those lights glow within us, whether we're sick, whether we're afraid, whether whatever. It's like a beacon. So during a couple conversations I've had using spirit box stuff, they have discussed that. Does that mean every single spirit sees us that way? Did you just hear that? What was it? We've been hearing. We, I was say, it's weird. We've been hearing, like, we've been giving each other looks. I just thought I heard a woman's voice say something like, or something like that. I don't know, but I'm hearing it on my end. That's about the second. That was creepy as hell. We've had two or three voices come through on this end that we've all been kind of, like I said, giving each other looks about saying, did you hear that? So I think we're, some audio on this is going to be interesting to review. Okay. Well, um, you know, I just posted on my Facebook that 
last night and the night before, I've been having seeing a lot of things in my house more so. Right. Um, which is crazy because I just did prayers of the dead on All Souls Day. We should have cleansed the entire house. But I think these are all new spirits that have come in here, except for what just occurred could be the those entities. Right. Which I won't even say their name. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. You know, it, it, it's like it's just been getting crazy lately where they just don't leave me alone. You know, I was at this girl's house that I dated off the line. I was at her house um, Saturday and she waited me over. And I was seeing stuff at her house. Within like two minutes, I saw three ghosts. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know? So it's like, I don't know what's going on right now. There's like an influx of slight manifestations. More so than there has been in the past. I know it, it, man, it can affect everything around you when that stuff happens. We actually, um, just a, about a week ago, well, it was a couple weeks ago, we did in a public event here at the John Henry Tunnel, you know, the Big Ben Tunnel in Hinton. And um, the week before, we went to investigate. And um, there was a moment where we were leaving the tunnel, and um, I just heard this voice, like a, just, like a blood-curdling scream in my ear. And I felt all my energy go out at once. I went down to my knees, and um, at the same time, Matt, um, he actually saw just like a dark entity like move towards me. I mean, believe it or not, that whole week after that, I just had the weirdest feeling. Nothing felt right. And we went back a week later, and we had actually people with us. And through the spirit box, it pretty much confirmed that whatever was there had been with me all week, had been messing with me. And uh, it called my name. It was a, it was pretty crazy, but it's just weird how those things can affect you. Um, because, I mean, it, it, it affected me completely for a, a whole week. That's, isn't that crazy? It, it really is. Yeah, you know, dude, it's, it's guys, I should say. Um, it's never ending. No, it's really not. It's really not. Um... You know, and um, well, yeah, I guess um, one one last thing I did want to ask you. This is one one of the questions I really had, because I know how important. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're very you're very um, associated, I should say, with the spirit box, and um, that's something that we've actually, you know, we're actually very much. That's a big part of our investigations as well. And that's, I guess the main question I had was just um, how did you kind of get started out with the spirit box? Well, I met Gary Galka at one of the events. You know, he had the millimeter. And right. we were talking about the millimeter, and he explained to me he saw what I did on Ghost Hunters, mm -hmm. um, which kind of gave me the idea for some of the devices he created. And we started talking about that, you know, what my theories were involved with conscious energy and spirits using an electromagnetic field to communicate. Start talking about, you know, when I learned a lot of that doing the Ouija board as a kid and some of my experiences that he shared know, his uh, interest and reason for doing the millimeter because of losing his daughter. And in that, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I've always been involved in ITC. You know, I really don't like doing the electromagnetic field stuff because to me it's kind of boring. It's like, okay, big deal. They can make it light up. They can make the readings go off and everything. Yeah, what does that tell me? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really tell me much, you know. Uh, it's, it's just tedious at times. Yeah. So... I told him, I said, I love EVP, and, and, and these ghost boxes that have been coming out, the Radio Shack boxes that actually Dave Schrader introduced me to, mm -hmm. at first I thought it was a bunch of, of hooey. You yeah. know, they showed it to me, and I'm like, oh, come on, you know, everybody can just... He says, no, no, I'm serious, and I heard some of the responses you got, and I was just like, wow. So I got one, 
and I, and I tested it and after about the fifth or sixth time is one of the ones with Bill Chappell. Because Bill Chappell's like the first one to actually do that with those Radio Shack boxes. And I got one of Bill's. And I was blown away by some of the results. But there were some things I didn't like about it. So I took some of those things that I didn't like and I shared it with Gary. I said, you know, Gary, I'm, I'm going to find somebody to, to design something like this for me. He's like, well, wait a minute, I'm working on that. He goes, you're working on that? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, maybe we can work together. So Gary did all the engineering, the designing, implemented some of the ideas I had. Um, sent me the demo, and the demo I tested, and in, and I told him what I liked and I didn't like about it, and then he sent me another demo, and then that demo he sent to me just like about a week and a half before Ghost Adventures Live, and uh, you know I tested it and I was getting some results and I said all right well, I'm going to use this Ghost Adventures Live if it doesn't work then I'll just go back to one of the Radio Shack boxes you know while we're we're investigating, but. We did, uh, we did what's called a walkthrough the day before the Ghost Adventures Live, where we just have to go to our stations because because it's live, everybody has to be set up at certain points to go where they're supposed to be at that precise time and then do your hour of investigating with the, the lads from Ghost Adventures. And so it's in the middle of the day, we do the walkthrough, where it says, okay, Chris, you're going to go through, Gene Hagelin's going to talk to you about the devices you're using, then you're going to walk to the front door and you're going to go inside. So go there right now. I said, okay. So I go there right now and I walk in and as I walk in, there's the guys and I meet them for the first time. I'm like, hey guys, how you doing? Hey Chris, how are you? It's like, okay, what we're going to do here, Chris, is we're going to investigate for an hour. So do whatever you want to do with investigating. You got the spirit box going. He's like, why don't you turn on right now? So I said, okay. So I turn on right now and I start getting hits right away. But the amazing thing was there was no radio coming through at all because the walls were so thick of that place, there's no radio coming through. All you heard was just shh, yeah. right? And then we start, you hear this response. It was like, hello. And, and Zach's like, did I just say hello? I go, yeah, I did. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, psychically, I see this big guy, about 6'3", had to be like close to 300 pounds, peek around the corner, a ghost. But I saw his mentality as, as if he was autistic or he was, in those days, they were called dumb. And he was like looking at me like, who are you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I hear this psychically, and I go, oh, my God. And I'm like, what? I go, I'm seeing something. And it's like, show us. So I walk towards it, and I see it like duck behind the wall and through the spirit box clear as day. It says, don't. Mm. And I'm like, and Nick's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, whoa. I go, that's. That's the ghost I'm just seeing. That's his voice. And so we walk towards it, and everybody's like totally excited. You know, we're like, we wish we're filming live. And I walk towards it, and and, and uh, it's like, it's okay. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt you. And Zach's like, wait a minute. What can I ask a question? Well, yeah. He's like, listen. Can you say something else? And it said something else. I can't remember what it was. And it said something else. And Zach like, oh my god, awesome. Well, listen. Thank you for talking to us. Can you come back tomorrow night when we go live? <laughs> <laughs> Zach said it was in the spirit box. He's like, can you please come back tomorrow night when we go live and talk to us then? Thank you very much. Don't say any more. Wait until tomorrow night. It was a cool thing. Wow. And, uh, and I realized that these guys are passionate. You know, when he said that, I realized how passionate he is about this. Yeah. And so I shut it off, and they're like, wow, how cool is that? And Nick's like, and Aaron's like, wow, you know. And um, So that night, you know, I mean, what you guys saw live was live, and, and, and you missed some other stuff is because when we broke to a commercial, yeah. we're still doing the spirit box. And I set it down on a chair, and I'm talking to it back and forth. And you guys missed that because they didn't air that part live. 
Um, but it was really cool. You got to see some cool stuff on the Ghost Adventures Live. But it was, for me, it was like, I know when I got done, you know, Gary watches it, you know, he texts me and I called him. I'm like, Gary, it works. He's like, I know, I saw it. I was like, I go, yes, the device works. You know, and we're just like so excited. The rest was history. <laughs> well, Chris, I guess, um, you know, we're probably going to wrap up here. But uh, we, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, the first time that we met you was actually at Trans Allegheny. About I don't know if you remember this or not. It was probably about two months before the episode of Paranormal Challenge, and um, we were in the hallway with you during that. There was an awesome session that actually broke out right there. And um, I don't know. We Matt and myself was there that night, and we just we felt the connection with you that night, honestly. And then when we yeah, you guys were cool. You know, it was like we we did that event.
got a money-back guarantee. And then also, um, that's pretty much it. You know, right now I'm just uh, working on uh, my first book. It's taking a while. And then uh, I started producing some shows, which I've got a couple in development. Not that I'm on, but just shows that I uh, I wrote and uh, created. Wow. I signed some contracts with some production companies to produce them. So hopefully they get picked up. Uh, a couple non-paranormal shows. Yeah. So we shall see what happens. Very cool. Well, I look forward to checking all that out. And um, the, the last thing I'll ask them, how can people find you on the Internet, on Twitter or uh, Facebook? Yeah, you can go to, like, ChristopherFleming.com. And that's ChristopherFleming1M.com. That is my main website that will show you my podcasts that come out every month, which I do, Spirit Talk, as well as any of the appearances that I have uh, is listed there. Any news or upcoming things um, I will also have there. And once in a while I post a blog uh, information or articles that I find intriguing. I will post at that site as well. You can get a hold of me there. You go to the contact information, fill out the form, and it emails me directly. Well, Chris, like I said, we just want to tell you thank you so much for coming on. And um, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we look forward to hopefully investigating with you again in the future very soon. Thank you very much. And I'm going to put something together from what just occurred here, and I'll, I'll post a, a longer video with, with the cats and everything. Okay. Um, and you're going, to, you're going to hear me talking to you guys on it. So, uh, you know, if you want to borrow it or whatever, share it. When you guys do the podcast, people can kind of watch what went on and listen to it with awesome. you guys commenting at the same time. That sounds great, man. That sounds great. Well, Chris, good night. Okay, you guys, glad you guys got to experience something with me. This is the house I live in. <laughs> yeah, we're glad we did too, man. Um, so we hope you have a good night and hopefully no more uh, craziness for the night. That's right. If anybody wants to buy this house, they can buy it for one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. It's like uh, Austin Powers. Sorry, I just did that. It's all right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Have a good night. Hey, Thanks a lot. I appreciate you too, Chris. it. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you, buddy. Thanks. Bye.